Well, what do you do when you've made a ghost or two kind of mad at you? Well, at least we have a little experience with the supernatural. Welcome to the Low Budget Ghost Squad podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Natalie. I'm Allison. And I'm Ethan. And we are at the Lord Baltimore Hotel where things are getting a little strange yet again for us. But this is nothing new. We go to haunted hotels, solve a mystery or two, and then go eat. And, you know, you forgot to mention, meet a few ghosts. And then we come back and put the story together for you. And that's how the Low Budget Ghost Squad came to be. We went to our first haunted hotel because of something Allison and Ethan saw on YouTube. And then we solved some mysteries there. And that was just season one. And here we are doing it again. The spirits in the ballroom aren't really liking us. They're blinking the lights when we go in. They send messages, get out and leave. But it doesn't seem to happen when others are in there. They're picky. I personally don't think we need to keep going in there, but I know we're going to have to keep going back in because someone doesn't want to listen to ghosts. I assume you're speaking about me. And, uh, oh yeah. Strange voices are coming from the mezzanine above the lobby. And we made a new friend. She's 102, and her name is Clovis. And her mom used to work here at the hotel. But y'all, before we get into all that, I, I need to let you know this. I saw the woman again in our room in the middle of the night. Remember that it happened the first night we were here? We talked about it in a previous episode. This time, she was near the closet. And no joke. Okay. (laughs) You're not going to believe me, but I'm going to tell you. I felt the bed shake. I mean, this really did happen. Like someone was hitting it several times, but just for a second or two. Hello, this is Brian, the husband and father of the Low Budget Ghost Squad members. I was also along on this trip. And for the record, I didn't feel that shaking or anything else. But then again, I sleep through everything, including a fire alarm in college. Y'all, something was going on in there, but nobody else was seeing anything. Or feeling it, apparently. We got in the elevator, and these elevators have been known to take you directly to the 19th floor, which is said to be the most haunted in the hotel. But no weirdness this time for us. You know they have a big sign in there about the history of the place. And it tells you of the famous people who have stood in these elevators as well. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. stayed here in 1965 when he was in Baltimore for a meeting. He actually gave a news conference from the hotel about launching a new voter drive. Before that, in 1958, this was really big. The Lord Baltimore actually allowed African Americans to stay there when at the time most hotels wouldn't. Baseball greats Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Frank Robinson, and others all checked in when they were in town for the All-Star Game that year. Amelia Earhart was honored there on March 4th, 1930. She told the newspaper during her stay that she saw a big future for women in that line of work, and she said that one day maybe she would try to fly alone across the Atlantic, which she did two years later. And I saw an autograph program and menu from that dinner that was sold for like $23,000 at auction. You know, they actually had Babe Ruth check into there. You know, he's a sultan of swat, the titan of terror, the colossus of clout. He's the king of crash, man. He's the great Bambino. That's enough talking. It's my time to speak. 
Anyway, if you've seen the movie The Sandlot, you'd actually get that. He was actually from Baltimore and came back to town for a charity baseball game. People recognized him at the hotel and would say, there's the babe. Now, speaking of baseball, the Baltimore Orioles had a huge dinner there in 1979 when they were in the World Series against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Pirates won, by the way. Now, from what I read in the newspaper article about that dinner, it said unlimited free drinks. I bet that was a good time. That baseball dinner appeared to be in the Calvert Ballroom all those years ago. And it's in that ballroom that we keep seeing the lights flicker. And we heard this great story about something that was seen in here one time. Ethan, do you want to tell it? One night, somebody saw three people. It was late and dark inside. So she went to go get her boss and say, hey, there's people in there. Should they be in there? So that boss, or whatever she was, went in, saw the people. And, you see, the moonlight was coming in through the three big windows in the middle of the ballroom. There is a man in front of the one on the far left, a woman in front of the one in the middle, and then another man in front of the one on the far right. And they were all just looking up, not saying anything. And one of the guys was wearing um, like a, a dark blue sports jacket with metallic buttons that caught the moonlight. And he had an ascot around his neck. Now, if you don't know what an ascot is, think Fred Jones from Scooby-Doo, that orange thing he wears around his neck all the time. So this woman who was standing there staring at these three people asked them, do you want the lights on? And so when she turned them on, they all vanished. Like, totally disappeared. Like a legit Scooby-Doo episode. On the wall of the ballroom, there are these murals that show the history of the city of Baltimore. A husband and wife painting team came in here in 1944 and actually did it. Now, one is a view of Baltimore in 1752. Another shows a place called Kaminsky Inn. And supposedly, George Washington stopped by. Plus, you can see the paintings of the Battle Monument that marks the War of 1812 and the Washington Monument. Did you know that there was one in Baltimore? Yes, there is. Now, we've mentioned the director of sales who showed us, the low-budget ghost squad, around the hotel and told us about the history. And we noticed when we were in the ballroom and he was talking about the murals, the lights weren't flickering. But since we had already had some odd things happen in there, we asked him about the room. And he said that all these paranormal investigators that had come in had said that the room was full of negative energy. And that negative energy, we were about to see firsthand. So outside the ballroom, there are not only photos of all the Lord Baltimore's Everborn that we've told you about, but also old party pictures that remind me of The Shining. You know, at the end of the movie, when you see Jack front and center of the old black and white picture, well, those are all over the wall showing these fabulous dinners and parties like the University of Maryland Nurses Alumni Association, the Electrical Workers Union, the Florist Club of Baltimore, and even the Eastern High School Alumni Association. They all had their parties there. Many of the pictures are from 1929, from before the stock market crash. And you know, that includes the one that kept mysteriously falling off the wall. We would try to keep rehanging it before anyone saw us and we'd get in trouble, but it just wouldn't stay up. It was one of the photos that I just mentioned, the University of Maryland Nurses Alumni Association dinner. 
and that was May 22nd to be exact, 1929. The ghost app was going crazy again as we tried to rehang that picture. This time we got some names on the app, Hannah and Jonathan. Now remember this ghost app transcribes what a spirit may be trying to say, but after those names came through, it was so funny. The picture stayed on the wall. When we went downstairs, we saw that hotel worker who had told us about the ghost in the guest rooms earlier. His name is Christopher, and he was by the front desk talking to other employees. So we decided to ask him, do you know any of the ghost stories here that would have names Hannah and Jonathan linked to them? I could tell by his face, he knew who we were talking about. He said, are you sure that app said Jonathan and Hannah? I said, yeah, and it also said eggs and apples, so it may not really mean anything, but we all knew it did. Now, he said, I know of a Hannah and Jonathan, but they've been dead for like 90 years or something like that. If they were alive, they wouldn't be ghosts, though. We asked, well, who were they? He looked around trying to almost like to make sure no one was hearing and he led us over to the couches in the middle of the lobby where we had met our friend Clovis earlier he said he had a great grade I don't know how many grades great something uncle named Jonathan who used to work here and died right in front of the hotel then he said Hannah was that guy's girlfriend but there was more to it he said he was always told that Hannah was married to some wealthy guy named Robert Fielding, but then Robert had died suddenly here in the hotel. But Jonathan and Hannah were both killed in front of the Lord Baltimore Hotel back in 1929 in some kind of trolley accident. He then told us, I think I have something you might find interesting. I'll bring it to you tomorrow. And here came Clovis in one of those three-wheeled motorized scooter things. She wanted to know how our visit had been and if we had any more run-ins with some ghosts. And of course, Mom said, yes. Well, I mean, I did, so I couldn't lie about it. But y'all, did you notice how interested she was in what Christopher had been telling us? And then we showed her our app and her granddaughter at first thought, oh, you know, she's not going to understand it. But let me tell you something. That woman knew exactly what this was. Because see, I think Clovis is a believer in ghosts. And we were reading the words we had received so far here at the hotel because it keeps a list. And when Ethan said Hannah and Jonathan, that woman's face went pale. Her granddaughter immediately started asking, are you okay? And she was checking her pulse and things like that. I mean, it was really dramatic. Now, thankfully, she was okay, and she was kind of irritated with us for making, quote, such a fuss about her. But she immediately began telling us that she knew all about Hannah and Jonathan and their love triangle. She said they had met at one of the big dinners here at the Lord Baltimore, and Clovis had seen the whole thing. She said she used to run around the hotel when her mom was at work in the evening. Her mom was at her station on her floor, but Clovis would sneak out and go exploring. 
and sometimes she would hide in the corner of the ballroom and watch everybody in their beautiful dresses at the fancy dinners. Now, she didn't remember when it was, because remember, sometime her memory wasn't quite what it used to be. But she did recall people being upset because Jonathan, a hotel worker who had been serving the food, was seen dancing with this very well-to-do wife of one of the rich guys in town. She had been at that dinner by herself, you see. So this was after the dinner when people were starting to clean up. She didn't want to go, so she paid the band to keep playing music. When people from the hotel would would tell Jonathan to go back to his job, and she would threaten to get them fired. Now, Clovis said they were dancing away in one of the side parlors, you know, the side rooms, not in the main area, because that's where all the tables were at the time. Were these the same side parlors where everything strange had been happening? That night, we went to the Little Italy district for dinner, and we were walking and walking. You guys, it wasn't that far, okay? Well, when we came up on the hotel, we were facing the original front of it. And we were across the street, and we wanted to take pictures at night. Yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful old building, and it's all lit up. You can see pictures on our social media. But there was a shadow figure in the window. At first, I'm thinking, it's just somebody in their room. And it's funny that you can see someone like that from the street. But we looked at it, and I said, y'all, that's our room. That shadow figure was in our room. Well, coming up on the Low Budget Ghost Squad, we're about to start looking for hidden treasure. And we're going to need some cat balls in this place. Oh, please don't start that again. The Low Budget Ghost Squad is part of Spellbound Productions. Created, written, directed, produced, edited, and whatever else by yours truly. Lucinda Peterson did the awesome artwork. And thanks to Brian, Allison, and Ethan for playing along with this. Because it's not as much fun to ghost hunt and solve mysteries by yourself. 